0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the MOA show. It's our favorite day of the week. It's Wednesday morning and it is time to get together and chat. Today, Alex is taking a look at document libraries and SharePoint, some updates to the user interface there. We're gonna revisit Visio and the the included document and visualization app that's included now in Microsoft 365. We're gonna compare shifts and bookings and we've got a quick look at account switching, some new features that have come to Office on the web. And as always, Feature versus Feature is here. And we're really looking forward to putting two new features against each other. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're feeling a disturbance in the force, don't panic. It's just a MOA show. And there you have it. We are the droids you're looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Bialik and joined as always by my Steam colleague Alex Henry. Alex, how you doing? Let's get as many Star Wars jokes in as we can today. Let's just load them front heavy, pack them in.
1: Yeah, set your phasers to stun and let's live long. Whoa, and, whoa, um, whoa. Sorry, I got my notes mixed up here. Uh
0: <laughs> Angry hate mail can be directed to Alex. Yeah, at... no
1: kidding, eh? Um, <laughs> You know, I was never the biggest Star Wars fan. I have watched all the movies at this point. I watched them really late, probably in my late teens, like just to get caught up with all the pop culture references. And I mildly enjoyed them. I never got into any of the novelizations or any of the comics or extended lore. So my Star Wars um, knowledge is pretty bare, pretty basic, which I'm okay with, but... Um, if you talk to me about Star Trek, that's a whole other discussion. We can go on for a while. So, talk to me when it's, I don't know, what's Star Trek Day? Is there a Star Trek Day? I don't so know. There must be, at there's least. has got to be. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we've got a full agenda. Let's just hop into this because I've got some ranting to do today. Would you love it when I bring want, it on? When it's rant time. Absolutely. Um, when I was preparing for the show, and you and I were talking about this earlier. There's a new update that's coming to the document libraries for. Um, team sites to your SharePoint team sites. And um, what they're trying to do is make the connection between your SharePoint team site document library and the document library. And so like the files tab in your teams and the document library it's attached to in your SharePoint team site, make that connection a bit more obvious. They've been linked. They're always been linked, but you'd be surprised how many, how users, especially ones that have been using teams for a lot, for a long time, um, often aren't don't realize that the files tab is just a folder in SharePoint. Mm-hmm. And then if you modify a file in Teams, it applies to that same, it's the same file that you see in SharePoint. It's a bit of a separation there. So Microsoft's been trying to bridge that knowledge, gap, bridge that understanding, because it's not always the most obvious. And so what they did, and uh, if you want to share my screen for a hot second here, First things first, I'm just going to be I'm in this um, Mark 8 uh, general channel here. And here's your files. Here's that files tab. Again, it's connected to SharePoint. So you can actually see if you go on that toolbar, you click open in SharePoint, and it'll take you to this folder, this document library in your SharePoint team site. And what they've done here. If you go back a folder to the root folder of that document library, they've grouped the cha- the folders that are in channels together at the top. So there's two kind of tiers that they're showing here. One called in channels, which has all the folders that are linked to a team channel. And then everything, everything is in another group called insight library, which is one, the most, it's probably the worst name you can call Like What does that mean insight library? Any thoughts? (laughs) I've got nothing. It's
0: in the sites
1: library? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going with But this is literally everything else. This is including your channel folders. So if if I just scroll up for a second here and open up this in channels group, you have your general design folders, digital assets, go to market plan folder. And they're all here under the quote unquote in site library folder. And like what? What is this? Mm,
0: okay, okay, I see, I see. So yeah, so this it is should a big be topic. a it should be an either or and not both. So I, I get where they're going. I, I really do get where they're going. There is a disconnect. There really is a disconnect when you create channels and teams. They show up as folders in the document library, right? That that direction works. Mm-hmm. But if you're in SharePoint making folders, it's not going back to Teams and making uh, channels for you. So I get the, I absolutely get the confusion. Uh, And I believe there's, I'm sure I've seen client scenarios where they've gone and made extra folders in the document library and named them similarly to existing channels in their teams and all hell breaks loose because nobody knows where to file, save uh, things anymore. So I kind of, I get where they're going, but that insight library should not be both. It should be. Here's what's connected to Teams. Here's what's not connected to Teams. I would have
1: preferred it if they didn't go with this grouping route because to me, it does not make navigating this any better. It doesn't make this more intuitive. Mm. If I was to make one little change, like they're already there. They've already got this half implemented here. So let me just go into, let me just share my screen one more time here. And if you go, if you hover your mouse over a channel folder there's a hidden icon here that is a teams icon that says if you hover above it it says go to channel mm-hmm. this is a perfect visual indicator that this folder is linked to a team
0: okay go down to the ones now that are in site library and pick so one that is not
1: is not so actually down here they don't it doesn't have that icon at all yeah so that is Kind of interesting. So maybe I'm zoomed in too much. Let me just try and zoom out just a wee bit here, just a little bit just scale back and see if I can show that. Because I thought they were in both, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay, so that's even more confusing. Hmm. So in channels, that grouping has a little icon that will take you directly to the team channel if you open it up. Yeah, so it opens up that channel in a new tab. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But all I wanted them to do since the beginning, because I've been asking for this for a while, is to make this icon permanent. Yeah, If it's linked to a team channel, just always show that team's icon. There's no reason it should be a hover over. And that icon, I like the fact that it's a button that will take you to that team channel. So it makes that distinction very easy. And if it's always present, then I know exactly which folders in my library are and are not linked to a team channel, period. That's all I wanted. And instead, we got Insight Library.
0: Hmm. Time to go back
1: to the drawing board on this one, I think.
0: Hang on, go go to your view settings, or go go up to the view. Yeah, is so there any settings? Up, there's
1: no grouping here. Okay. And I even went to the full um, view settings, so I to see if that was back there. So of course, if you haven't been to view settings before, this takes you to the classic SharePoint interface where you can mess with your view settings. And then at the bottom of this mess of options is a little field called, or a little section called Group By. So you can group your um, SharePoint fields by different column types, which is really handy in a lot of cases. But it's not actually in; it's not being applied here. So Microsoft has hard coded this into SharePoint. So you can't take; you cannot turn that off. It's just there now. So I'm going to call this a swing and a miss. Good idea in thought. Mm-hmm. Not great execution.
0: What what they did a good job with, if I can stray away for just a second, is um, something that, that surprises a lot of users when we talk to you, is you can have multiple document libraries in a SharePoint site. And again, some may show up in Teams if you've got corresponding channels or not, but uh, that little library selector at the top of the doc libraries are top love of documents. box. that. That's Absolutely a nice, love that. That's a nice yeah. touch, yeah.
1: Let me pull that back uh, up on screen just so everyone kind of knows what I'm talking about if you're watching on this, because this is important. This was one of the best additions to a document library interface that I've seen in a while. And this is what Ryan's talking about right here. There's a little drop down icon. It's only present if you have multiple document libraries. Actually, no, this one is just present anyway. So everyone gets it whether or not you have multiple document libraries on your site, but this is a quick way to just flip through them without having to exit the page and kind of navigate around before you have you used to have to go to site contents mm-hmm. to find your additional document libraries or even go to sharepoint or sorry uh one OneDrive. Yeah, it can because you can access them from there
0: and where we use this sort of quite commonly or, or where we use multiple document libraries in the same site is if you want to sort of carve permissions in different ways it's a really really nice tool let's say you have an hr site and you have very exclusive, lockdown HR information that stays in a doc library with different permissions than, say, a public-facing or internal-facing uh, HR doc library.
1: Exactly. You know, you and I could probably talk about um, the very the, hot, the the tons of merits and benefits of additional document libraries, or mm-hmm. what I call them alternative document libraries, on a single site. We'll save that for another rant on another time.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm worried what you, what you showed us today. Is is gonna confuse people.
1: I'm already confused, so yeah, I'm expecting (laughs) more people to be confused because the first thing I saw when I I knew this was coming a couple of weeks ago, and when I finally saw it in person, I was just kind of like, Why? Why? (laughs) This could have been so much easier, folks. This could have been so much easier because you're they're already halfway there with that icon, they just needed to turn it on permanently and then you know be happy. Anyways, great
0: great if it's not connected to a team channel. Purple filled in darker color, whatever. I yeah, see
1: I like the icon because it's more accessible. So if mm-hmm. um, you're colorblind, the colors aren't going to help you too much. Like True. there's you know some science around that, but the icon's hard to miss. So yeah. Well, I'll leave that one to the engineers. Um, you know, take my feedback if you want. If you want to call me, my my hourly rates. Um, <laughs> we'll send you my hourly rate. and We'll go from
0: there. Right. Uh, but heads yeah. up, folks, this is going to be hitting your your SharePoint sites if yes. it hasn't already. Mm-hmm.
1: it's coming down the road that's why I figured you know, I might as well just bring this up here and just get it out there by the way this is this change is coming and it's probably going to
0: look weird and confusing mm-hmm.
1: but it's not the end of the
0: world let's talk about something not so weird and confusing something I'm really excited about or have been really excited about Visio in Microsoft 365 now, I can't remember the time and date uh, but it was a few months ago Microsoft announced hey which is just going to put Visio on the web. Everybody gets it for free now in Microsoft 365. And I jumped for joy. I gave a fist pump. Uh, I was pretty excited because as a user, uh, I've worked in many, many different organizations where getting a Visio license, you had to like plead your case, you had to beg, and you had to ask. Like, I, yep. I don't want to go use some other thing on the web. I don't want to go do shadow IT. Um, I, I want to use this Microsoft thing so that I can share, you know, files internally. And so thank goodness, again, fast forward or rewind uh, a couple of, of months back, Microsoft said, yep, we're just going to make Visio on the web uh, included for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that means I've been using it a heck of a lot more. And I really, really like Visio on the web. I really do think it's a great product. So
1: this came up the other day for us because we were taking a look at this new blog post that actually came out a couple of weeks ago, which was which is around some updates that Microsoft is putting out there. So let's just get that up on the screen. And you and I were just looking through this last week, right, and just seeing some of the features that were coming out. And the ones that caught my eye for these updates to Visio are some of these new icons that are coming down. Or some new um, additions. So they're adding new shapes. They're adding new um, materials to help you just build different types of documents in Visio, And, of course, they're promoting the fact that you can do it all through Teams, yada, 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 which, to their credit, is functional now. It's good now. It's better. It used to be pretty not good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, Was it like even like two years ago? Right. Trying to yeah. use Visio in Teams was just like a really broken experience. Now they've got that all figured out and it works the way you'd expect Visio to work inside of Teams.
0: And, and co-authoring and collaboration on a Visio diagram works the same way you would expect in, in that yeah. same vein, Alex. So, um, you know, it's it's very easy for two or more users to jump into a Word doc and or a PowerPoint deck or or some Excel worksheets and start working together. You can do that now on a Visio diagram, modern commenting is here in Visio on the web. I love and modern so, commenting; that's so good. Mm-hmm. And and at mentions and everything as as we love to use it's that's all in there as well. Um, the update here, the blog post that you're scrolling through, I think is is fit and finish. Um, where Visio maybe six months ago still had a limited color palette, still had some limited shapes and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's been addressed. Uh, with with these latest rounds and i bet it's feedback coming in from users now that actually have access to this tool it's not something that you have to go and, and purchase a pro license for anymore uh, with so many more people picking it up i think microsoft's just catching up and saying oh yeah we need to we need to tidy house a little bit so and like new-
1: now they can now that they've got it in there, it's not mm-hmm. even just hiding house, they can actually add some like really useful features now that they've got the basics just set up. Now it's yeah. working properly. And so uh yeah, they got some like interesting things here, some more graphics, some more charts, and they might even be dipping into letting you design infographics. I've never made a food web before, but it looks interesting. Maybe something for <laughs> for um, education purposes, but um yeah, so this one was just like a worth a, a quick kind of like callback to because it's still pretty new to mo- for most M365 users. It's still fairly new for most, for just like being able to use it on the web, being able mm-hmm. to use it in Teams, collaborating on it. So it's gotten a big glow up in the last yeah. little while.
0: And, and not- I know, and I know there's other products out there on the web again free and freemium and, and premium all the way up up that scale uh, that are more intuitive and drag and drop and easier to move things around. Yeah, again, Visio is very much double click, bring your shapes, connect them with lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're used to making shapes in paint or making something in publisher from the good old days, you'll feel right at home in Visio. So my yeah, advice you've been using videos Vizio for a while it should mm-hmm. feel
1: really familiar. I used to be a lot more comfortable with it, but now it's it's a little slow for what I like to do. Um, and, and I know you and I know if, you... yeah, I have my own tool, but yeah. if you if you need a tool to process map, to document mm-hmm. something for a project or help someone learn how to do it how your um your, your policies and procedures work, that is a perfect tool because you can take that and embed it on a SharePoint page, mm-hmm. share it out on uh, Added as a tab in your team channels, and then everyone has that information. Um, I used to work in when I um, in some old jobs. We used to do a lot of processes, a lot of process reviews, and one of the cooler things that I saw come down the pipeline over over the years is we started using more process maps to to start a document to show how the whole picture worked before you started getting into the nitty gritty details of who does what and when. Because a process map is so important to see just like every single piece, every single player in a process that we don't always think about. So if you've never sat down to map out how the ins and outs of your business, when does um, a product start getting made? When does a service start? Is it when someone types in an invoice number? Is it when that email comes in for a contact? When does your process start? When does it end? And who's involved every step of the way? Those are some key details that will not only help you train new hires, but make sure that everyone knows what their role and place is inside of their jobs inside of the organization. So definitely take advantage of Vizio out there. Just you know, that's my um, soapbox for the day.
0: I've got one word for you: swim lanes, or maybe swim that's lanes, words, yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and and if I may have a soapbox moment again, from from an IT perspective, from a technology perspective, management perspective, again, if you can encourage your teammates to use a tool like Vizio that means that those the the work that you put into process mapping is not lost when someone leaves and takes their personal whimsical etc cetera, etc cetera, account with them uh, again it's it's saving and it's, there's a risk there's a risk to an org if you know if a third party tool is used outside of microsoft 365 not tied to a work account uh, again where are those in progress documents being saved where are those uh, whimsical formatted things being saved. If it's not exported, um, are we missing? Are we are we going to lose some time? We're going to have to recreate things anyways. Mm-hmm. So with a Visio diagram, it's being saved to a user's OneDrive, can be brought over into SharePoint, can be brought over into Teams. Again, uh, that shadow IT uh, is is addressed. I would say if you use something like Visio. Shout out to Whimsical. (laughs) There you go. go. And and I know it's one of your favorites, and I know why, Alex. It's it's easy to use, very, very intuitive, uh, and it's quick.
1: Yeah, this right. isn't going to we, we, let's not get into a comparison of Visio versus whimsical because you'll lose, but um, I joke, <laughs> I joke. It, it, but you're right. It's about just keeping the information uh, relevant and applicable to your business within the business. Stay out of shadow IT. I don't put anything business related and whimsical and mm-hmm. neither should any of you. Nothing personal, no work related stuff in personal accounts. That's just the golden rule of IT anywhere. Um, so if you are in the habit of keeping your personal files in your own OneDrive or your google docs or whatever stop it sincerely every single it admin <laughs> there we go
0: all right let's uh let's move on let's um it's 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 may the 4th we got to keep going with uh with some star wars jokes let's talk about uh the the light side the, the jedi and the dark side let's talk about shifts versus bookings good guys <laughs> good good guys and villains i think i don't know you way tell me
1: the sta- that was an interesting way to set the <laughs> stage on this one i wasn't going to go there but now that we are maybe we have to um so this one came up um this was actually a question from someone on youtube um recently about trying to link um their shifts from bookings i sorry their shifts from well, shifts into bookings And the ultimate answer we came down to is that you can't. These two applications do not talk to each other. So if you have a team of people that you manage and you're in charge of like creating and publishing their shifts, because that's all shift work, whatever, you have to choose which which application you're going to use. If you need a service where people can book you directly, customers, clients, internal, external, then I'd say go use bookings. Mm -hmm. If your staff doesn't do that they just have to show up and be in a place at a certain time and they're all mobile users so they mainly use their phone they probably have teams on their phone then shifts might be of interest to you there's a few reasons for that um let's talk about shifts first so we talked about this last week or week before i think i did a small demo on um on shifts recently i I did i did do a small shift i know i did but we were taking a look at some of the issues i was having with it Um, One that I wasn't able to get tags to work on the web or desktop app. And the other one is that you can't publish your schedule to people's calendars. So that was the disconnect we're having when I was comparing and looking at bookings and shifts is that bookings will write to your calendar directly, Mm -hmm. your Outlook calendar. Shifts doesn't, it all lives in that app. So you have to go into shifts or print out to see your schedules, or you have to print it out into an Excel book or something else so people can find it. Either or it's great for what that does, for what you need it to do. But if you want to have that stuff in your calendar, so let's say you're, you know, you're working in shifts and you put everyone's schedules out there every week, everything's working fine, but you want to book some time in people's calendars based on the hours that they're available. And you know, some people are working in the morning, sometimes they're working in the afternoon, sometimes it's something in between. And you want to make sure that they're being booked within that slot that they're available on a given day. Shifts and teams just won't do that for you again because it doesn't write to your calendar. So if you need something like that where people are going to be booking you based on your availability, you have to use sh- You have to use booking. Sorry, and that is actually it's a really good tool for that. And I was playing around with this, so let me just pull this up on my screen and I'll just show you what that looks like. So let's take a look at shifts just. Uh, first, year, So, because I published one out just a couple hours ago, and just to show you as an example of w- how this works. So, I've already got these shifts set up, I've already got them published. Everyone's good to go. Everyone's got their shifts. And I'm logged in as Deborah here, and I have a shift on, uh, let's say, Friday. So, I'm technically not working today. But if I go to my calendar and Teams and Outlook, doesn't matter. Nothing in here to reflect that. Nothing in my calendar to reflect when I am and am not available. Now, let's take this over to bookings. If you haven't used bookings before, I think it's included in most office applications at this point or licenses at this point. You might have to enable it as an IT admin before people can get access to it. I don't know if it's in, if it's available by default, but I'm pretty sure E3 and E5 get it included now. Ryan,
0: you can yes. correct me if I'm you just, wrong. You are the... Uh, yeah, on the, on the business, any business plans, any Microsoft 365 plan that includes the word business in the name, uh, it will be there. Bookings will be there. Uh, any of the enterprise SKUs, any of the enterprise subscriptions, it's there. You're entitled to use it. It just has to be turned on. So it's kind of the opposite of what makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's take a look at this. So I made this team, um bookings calendar. It's a calendar, not a team, so I can invite anyone in the organization. This has nothing to do with teams. It all lives in exchange. And so what you can do is when you go into the staff location, you can actually modify individual people's availability. So what this is good for is when people have you know basically the same availability, more or less week to week. Um, with some, with few exceptions, you don't have to want to have to cut, keep coming in here every week to update a schedule. This is better if people have pretty consistent schedules, even if they're not working all the time. So, what I did is I actually kind of mimicked what I did in shifts here, where everyone on the team in bookings is kind of working a three day work week, three out of five days, eight hour days, totally fine. So, it's something like this. But in bookings, to set that up, You have your staff section. You open up the person's available availability, so you can edit them, and you scroll down. By default, their business out this might use their business hours, so maybe nine to five, eight to five, whatever that is. But you can turn that off, and then you can customize it. So if this staff member, Grady, in this case, doesn't work Monday to Friday, or doesn't work, only works Wednesday to Friday, then have turned off every other day, so they cannot be booked on those days, and if they're booked. On any time during their regular schedules, staff or clients can't book them when they're already booked. And there's a little checkbox to make sure that's enabled so that way people can't double book you. Lovely tool. Absolutely lovely tool. It's not the most perfect system, but again, if you need a tool to just manage shift work in the long run where people's availability doesn't change too much week to week, then this is a nice tool to get that done. So let's go to the booking page here and see when people are available. So I've got a public page here that I set up a little while ago. And if I was to just look at, let's say the 5th and choose my time, it'll let me pick anyone. Or let's go to next week. So I can actually start looking at some shifts when people are available. And it's really just based on what you've set up in the bookings page, what you've said people can and cannot be booked for. And this allows you to ensure that people can't be double booked. So that if you're gonna choose one or the other, I probably side with bookings over shifts and teams. Again, shifts and teams is good for what it does, but it is mainly designed for one Teams users and two people that use Teams on their phone. Cause that's where you're gonna really see most of the benefits out of it.
0: Right and let's let's pop the brakes there for one second someone that we a group of users that we talk about all the time are those first those first line roles so again i think maybe where the dichotomy between shifts and booking is uh shifts in teams shifts is a app or a feature of teams if you will uh is good for those in the first line role where you you are less concerned about telling them what they need to do and who they need to work with on a day like a booking like a salon, like a professional service, right, service-based, first-line workers, they know they need to be on site or a particular site, this day, that day, and this day. Shift swapping, holidays, time off requests, all of that can be handled through shifts for first-line workers. Again, they don't live in Outlook, they're not email heavy users, they don't necessarily work off of their Outlook calendar to plan their day. Mm-hmm. But those users that do again in service industries, professional uh, services, where internal or external customers need to come and and book a dedicated block of time, uh, bookings is the right way to go.
1: Agreed. It is they they definitely have their uh, general use cases because if you're in a say so you work in a manufacturing facility, your supervisor is likely scheduling you for the days you need to be at work and they're likely going to know exactly where you need to be and the shifts you're going to be doing mm-hmm. on a given day. They have to plan a lot of that out ahead of time to ensure that those machines keep moving. So right. your job is just to show up and be where you're expected to be and do that job and be have your phone ready to go so you know exactly where you need to be. And then you can use that same phone to modify, swap shifts, whatever. But if you work in the service industry... You might already have a system for managing days off and everything like that, but that's where you can turn to other tools like um, approvals, for mm-hmm. just throwing that one out there. You know, you could still use that if you wanted to. Yes, it's a Teams app, but you can, I think you can use it in some other cases. Am I right about that?
0: You're right about that. Yep. And let's not forget that you can integrate bookings with Teams, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't. I'm not touching that one too quickly here because I've had some issues uh, with that to, w- getting that to work. It does integrate, mm-hmm. but it's still a little kind of wonky with me. Sometimes, like the calendar doesn't load for me, so that's kind of where I'm going. This one needs some oh. time in the oven before I start preaching about uh, whether or not that one's uh, ready, ready for um, wide adoption. But, but you know,
0: bookings as a whole. I mean, it got some love. What maybe five, six months ago. A year ago, it a got a ago? nice
1: glow up. It looks it's, great it's now.
0: It's pretty, yeah. And it's yeah. it's very, very, I would say it's very, very intuitive uh, and pretty straightforward to set up bookings.
1: Yeah, it's gotten a lot better on the user experience side of things in terms of just getting it set up and letting people just do what they need to do for the person that's managing those shifts, the person that's organizing it in the background. Much easier to navigate, much cleaner looking. The old one was a little blocky. It was a little blocky and a little weird places, but it worked. And this one works just the same, but it's just a little nicer to navigate now. Okay. Um, I'm hoping we'll do the same for shifts in the future, but you know, I'll cross that bridge when it comes.
0: All right, let's move on to uh, something else on the dark side of using Microsoft 365 uh, account switching. Uh, again, this was this was some news that came down in the last week or so uh, to, to our team and um, I was excited when I received notification that Microsoft was gonna make it easier to switch between Microsoft 365 accounts in the same browser. What was the word he used? Fun, fun? I thought it would be fun. <laughs> But Fun uh, and
1: account switching are two words I never thought I'd hear <laughs> in the same sentence.
0: Let's let's go back to go forward. So just, just to get everybody up to speed, for those of you that have had the experience and had the pleasure of having multiple Microsoft 365 accounts, and let me talk about some scenarios. There could be your personal, maybe you have an Outlook, Hotmail, Xbox, Skype, anything else that Microsoft owns. You have a Microsoft account at home, personal, and then you have a work one. And I've helped many a clients where they log into their personal account and they say, yes, browser, please save my password and please log me in and do all of those great things that a, a friendly browser should do. And then when they go to office.com or they go to visio.office.com or teams.office.com, their browser says, oh yeah, you want to be signed into your personal account. And it makes so much confusion because it's really, really hard then to log out of your personal account log into your work stuff. And again, people will save passwords and whatnot. So uh, what we've been, the advice that we've been giving to users in that scenario is use one browser, use Chrome for home and Edge for work, Mm -hmm. Firefox, whichever combination. Safari, if you're on a Mac, great. Uh, Fill your boots. Uh, Whatever combination, one browser for home stuff, one browser for work stuff. Or if you have a browser that supports it like Chrome and Edge and Firefox anyways, don't know about Safari, you can have browser profiles. And that's almost like having sandboxed browser instances where if you're signed on to home stuff, it's not going to try to sign you on to to work stuff. It's not going to have that overlap or that confusion.
1: Yeah, uh, confusion is the operative word here. Because <laughs> it is. It gets confusing because mm-hmm. if you have two, like you and I, probably bounce out of two to three different accounts because we have test profiles and a bunch yeah. of other stuff. And if I'm in one browser trying to navigate into another account, it just doesn't know which one I want to be in because mm-hmm. I think it. I think what it tries to do is remember the. Let's say I'm in Teams in one tab. And then I want to jump into my OneDrive, and if I was in my OneDrive in a different account in that same it's browser, there first. yeah, it's, it's going, going to try there. and go there first, yeah. and then it's going to be like these. I'm like, these are not my files. Mm-hmm. And then so you try to close it off and launch it manually. It just gets confused. It just doesn't know which one you want to be in. Right. And heaven forbid if you have them trying, if you have one trying to save as the as the primary account you want to use. Then you're hooped. (laughs) Then you got to log out of everything, clear your cache, clear a bunch of stuff just to give it a fresh start. So as you're saying, you know, separate them. You have a different browser, period. It's
0: account acrobatics. And it just feels like, oh, man, it's 2022. Do we need to do this? There's got to be a better way. And so that's why I got so excited with with this announcement from Microsoft that you'll be able to switch accounts, kind of. Uh, if I may, if I may do just a quick demo and just show everybody what I ran into.
1: Absolutely. Well, you get booted up. This is the same thing we've had in Teams for a while. So if you are in, in multiple tenants using Teams, so maybe you're a guest user and your client or in a partner's uh, tenant, um, that's the exact same idea, but you can do it from office.com and other areas of Office on the web. Just it's, you know, but it's not, I don't think it's any different from there.
0: It's I the thought. the same. I thought this announcement would get ticker tape flying out of all of the IT-related role office windows. I was so excited. And again, let me show you just where it disappoints a little bit. So here's here's Patty. Patty's logged in. She's logged in at at MoWo. And if you go up to the top right, uh, as we're used to going for account-related things in Office.com or any Office apps, there's this new button here. It says sign in with a different account. Okay, this looks good. Great, I'm gonna go pick another account. Maybe I'm also an admin or I also have another um, unlicensed account, some some other purpose that I use. I'll go ahead and sign in. Fantastic, now I'm signed in as that admin user. But you can see up here in my browser, I've also got Teams running, got my inbox going, got Visio. When I go over there, it sh- should still work. But if I wanna go back, now there's there's no I got to go back and I got to go switch and I go back back to Patty and it's, I mean, it's it's okay. It works, but here's a couple of hiccups. If your organization uses multi-factor authentication or some type of um, third party single sign on app, every time you do this, every time I want to go back to my admin account uh, in, in theory, in, in this scenario, we don't have that set up. I would get, uh, authenticator app or I would get an SSO challenge um, that I'd have to sign in on my phone. So again, if you're switching back and forth rapidly or every few minutes, you're going to hit that. If I go back again, so I'm in here as admin. If I go back to Patty's mailbox and I refresh or do something else, okay, it's keeping me as Patty. There were some cases where I was running into where it wasn't even browser specific, it was tab specific. If you signed into one account here on this tab, it would take over the account for other tabs. That's just what I I ran into. Um, But Chrome seems to be handling it differently. Now, one other gotcha is here's Teams on the web. And you go to that account picture. Where's my sign in with another account? Here, you still have to do the the longer way around into Managing accounts and going into other tenants, so it's it seems to be consistently applied across Office apps and Office on the web, until you hit the Teams. You just don't see that sign in with a different account button. Teams
1: always likes to do its own thing. Like I'm still annoyed yeah. about the fact that they hit settings in a uh, in the three dot menu. Everything else has the gear, but Teams. Yeah. Um. I'm glad to see it's working better for you now, at least, but I'm still not convinced personally speaking that this is the right direction to go in. Um, At least, you know, if you do work in multiple tenants regularly, I'm still on the mind that your best practice is to have different profiles in the browser to swap between or entirely different windows profile. If you want to keep your work and and private life separate entirely. Um, but if you want to just quickly hop into a different tenant, so if you're an Outlook and you want to switch into a different account, being able to do that within the same tab without affecting other tabs is handy. That is useful. Um, but again, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna wait to see how this one sits and how this one bakes to see how well it uh, it ages because right now, um, just based on my experience, it has it's not. I'm not convinced. I'm not ready for that one. But you know, if it's working for you. All the power to you.
0: Yeah, and, and and honestly, guys, my I'm feeling something a little bit different here. So when I was testing this in Edge, this is Chrome on, on screen right now. When I was testing it in Edge, it was behaving differently where it was if you switched accounts here in office.com or you switched accounts here in the Outlook web app. Uh, and you went to your Teams tab, it'd be like, oh, looks like you signed in somewhere else with something else. And and that's what I noticed. It was sort of spilling over from, from tab to tab. So maybe Chrome is handling it a wee bit different. But um, yeah, I think I agree with you, Alex. Wait and see. For for me, personally, this isn't going to do too much again because I'm using a combination of browsers for home and work. I'm using uh, a combination of profiles in the browser and even incognito in private when when I do customer work, just again, to make those sandboxes to make sure that uh, things aren't going to to interrupt each other.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned this earlier, which is a good point of uh, MFA being a wild card on this one, especially yes. if both profiles use MFA. Um, it can be a little it, it just makes things a bit more complicated. It's important to have, but it definitely doesn't make things easier in the long run. So just mm-hmm. be cautious of that. It was, I think it was last week I was doing some sessions and I was having a big issue just with teams and account switching because I have my laptop. And my desktop computer, so entirely separate computers, but for some reason, Teams every once in a while would be like, "It looks like you signed into a different tenant. Would you like to switch back?" And I'm like, and "I did ten it. minutes ago."
0: Yeah, it freezes you out. It, you you can miss updates, you can miss calls and messages. It it freezes you out. It's really really weird. Yeah, it's
1: it's a little clunky, and I and I'm glad like the fact that they added this maybe suggests that they are tightening that up mm-hmm. in the long run. So you know, good for that i like to see where this goes, but I'm not going to recommend it. Stick with your profiles. Profiles yeah. are just, I've been doing that for more than a year and it's been just solid. It's been a very nice practice.
0: So you always and have that you in can, your back pocket. You can name them. You can give them different color browser themes so it's easy for you to visually distinguish the difference between you know the profiles. I do so many demos in so many different environments that's that honestly is my go-to. I just have different profiles. I know, I know what I'm showing off today. Oh, yeah. I know that's that account. Everything's signed in. Nothing's gonna get, you know, miswired and one demo isn't gonna spill into another demo for me. It's um it's important to kind of keep them separated.
1: Yeah. And I've always found it just a bit slow. That's my that's the other thing that bugs me, is it just takes some time for it to do that flip from one tenant to another. Mm-hmm. Again, if they're tightening this up, maybe they'll be a little faster in a couple of months. We'll see.
0: Right on. All right, well, that means it's time for Feature versus Feature. Hey there.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into this audio-only version of the MoWo Show. If you want to see the full episode, including demo segments such as Watch & Learn or Feature versus Feature, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash We'll have links
0: for you in the episode description. Take care.